I understand this must be confusing, says the soft little human in the robe, and the ambassador in Pearl hates that thought. It is not. She moves her head and she can feel the movement ripple down the cloak of javelins covering her back. Any one of them would end this uncomfortable encounter. Ah, my apologies for assuming. But it's about time you and I discussed the terms of your agreement with us, right? Is it? She has no sense of time. Some of the humans in the robes seem to know this and some do not. Let's. May I start by asking what it is you want? She casts her gaze back at the mountain where her kin writhe and slither over a world too crowded for them. To be left alone. She looks back at the human whose expression has changed. From what and into what, she couldn't say. Whatever this little creature is feeling, she thinks, it had better include fear. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, your king, your overcrowded demon mountain. It is me, Cat. Hi, Cat. Hello, Cat. Hello. With me today, we have Kathleen. Hi. We have Nick. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Good, I hope. There we go. That was time enough for them to respond. If you didn't respond to Nick, that's okay. You can try again at the end of the episode. And Kirsten is here. I am indeed. Great. Wonderful. The gang's all here. We're all ready to go. Ready to party. I like party. Previously, on Sword of Symphonies, the party found their way to the layers, question mark, it's complicated, probably, of the Shadow Monarch. And individually, they discussed what exactly it was they planned to do about the breaking of the shackles of obsession that hold demon kind back. The Shadow Monarch hasn't really made a decision yet. But they've agreed to accompany the party back to the mountain to see if it's possible for them to wake their parent, Agrippina, and reinstate these ancient chains. The party was wined and or dined and given a comfortable place to stay for the night. Hey, Kirsten. Yes? Where's Amber at? I'm guessing Amber would be, well, I should have asked, is there, what, what kind of facilities are nearby, stables or such things? I mean, the Shadow Monarch said that there was a stable that Polly could sleep in, yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that both Amber and Polly would be in said stable. If it, okay. is, is it nighttime right now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing in the stable. Okay. So, it is the next morning. It is early the next morning, as a matter of fact. When does the party typically get up? I think now that Cobb is feeling better, he's probably getting up with the sun, like he usually does. Yeah. Now that he's had, you know, a chance to have a real night's sleep, and he's not going nuts, fighting stuff, and using scatter. So I think I think he's doing okay. Okay. Yeah, the party slept in just a kind of a real comfortable barracks, like... It wasn't a four-star hotel by any means, but it was definitely just like humble, simple, but comfortable. Hmm. I think Penelope, as her usual, doesn't get up till other people have started stirring. So 
probably would be one of the lighter ones up out of the, the group. That's normal, yeah. Gideon's soldierly instincts get her up around the time that Cobb gets up. Mm-hmm. And Tissa probably slept pretty light, too. Sot typically gets up around the time the captain does. So everybody's awake except Penelope, and then eventually including Penelope. And there is, in the building that you've been shown to for the overnight accommodations, there is a large dining hall. Not like an ornate, long table, five chairs dining hall, but like a mess hall. Lots and lots of tables and chairs. Many of them full. People are chatting amongst themselves, enjoying a coffee, enjoying a simple breakfast. If questioned or if greeted, they'll return a friendly greeting, but for the most part, they keep to themselves. Until that is, one of them approaches the party at their table. They're um, dressed in kind of loose-fitting, dark clothing, unremarkable dark clothing. And they give a little, like, nod bow, not a bow of deference, but one of greeting, just... Oh, hello. Um, you're, um, our guests, right? Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. Well, we're certainly being treated like guests, but yes. Ah, wonderful. So, um, our liege, I suppose, has, uh, requested that when you're ready to head out, please just meet them at the stable. Okay. Thank you for the message. Not a problem. Not a problem. If you'll all excuse me. And they kind of slip off quietly, weirdly quietly, to go get some food. Everyone here is weirdly quiet. Penelope doesn't understand. Penelope doesn't do quiet. (laughs) It's like there's so many of her here. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, but don't tell her I said that. I'll get an earful. (laughs) (laughs) The meal is... A humble, simple meal, mostly like kind of local things that can be grown on the veldt. There is kind of a really lovely porridge. There's nice bread. Not like monastery bread, mind you. That, the kind of thing that's been honed for who knows how long, but good. And I think this time of year, there's a selection of berries as well to go with things. You know, just a pleasant little breakfast. Ooh, Penelope is very pleased. She's eaten... Quite a bit of breakfast. You gotta start the day off right. Gideon has assembled just one of every kind of berry. (laughs) And is kind of very curiously figuring out what all the berries are. Cobb has put all of the berries into the porridge and is eating it. Yeah, and saw it as expected, kind of mimics Cobb and does the same. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, we saw these two. I like this one. Mm-hmm. That one's too sour, though. I kind of like the sour ones. Yeah. Meh. Mm-hmm. And breakfast and coffee later. If you're ready to set out, your traveling companion is waiting for you at the stable. All right. Well, I guess Penelope gathers her things from the room and um, starts uh, heading to the stables. When you all get there, you see that Pollyanna is kind of happily munching. She's been given something tender and green looking to eat, and she seems thrilled with it. 
Amber, upon seeing Penelope, goes just completely wild and starts oh. hopping and oh. bouncing oh. Oh. around. Oh. Hey, hey, hello. Oh, oh. Hey, Amber. Hey, Polly. Oh, you're both so good. Here you go. Uh, I'm going to say, Penelope, was there apples at the breakfast table? Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Penelope has an apple and gives, has broken it in half. Give some to Polly and give some to Amber. There you go. See? You both are learning to share. Aw. Polly does try to take Amber's. <laughs> Wants the whole apple. Moreover, normally gets the whole apple. Polly's not learning to share without a fight. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Nope. But, uh, see, you get half. Amber gets half. See? It's, it's fair, right? And then you're, you're sharing Polly together. Is trying to take it from Amber. Trying to take Amber's half. Uh, no, no, Polly's no, no. like ten times Amber's size. Yeah. It's real easy. <laughs> Amber's little. Polly is big. Penelope tries her best to explain, but obviously I don't have that skill. So You don't? Uh, Polly doesn't understand what, what Penelope's saying. No clue. No clue. Cobb is just watching this whole thing and just, just like, wow, they really are perfect for one another. And then you hear a cheerful, good morning, everyone, from further inside the stable. And out walks a large jet black draft horse pulling a covered wagon. Oh, hello. Hello, says the horse. Good morning. Uh Oh, is this how you wanted to go? I, it's going to be a long journey, and I thought it would be prudent to bring provisions. Mm. And since I'm the one insisting on this much provisions, it's only fair that I should carry them. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, we can also, we well. can make sure we, we share some. I'm oh, no, it's easy. <laughs> and and as, as Penelope's it, talking... She's looking at their mouth. Do they do that thing with the teeth, or is the teeth more no. like horse teeth? <laughs> Normal horse mouth. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Normal horse mouth. That yeah, that might just be a daybreak thing. <laughs> <laughs> Penelope hasn't met many dragons, so isn't quite this is uh, isn't quite sure fair. yet how. <laughs> yeah. Besides, I like horses for walking. I'm pretty sure it, it makes it much nicer. Sometimes I wonder if I could trade places with Polly, if I'd be able to... I could probably go much further and much faster. That'd be pretty mm. cool. Oh. I mean, I use three feet, so... Makes sense. W wings aside, Penelope, you can actually go a little further than Polly could. Oh, I guess that's... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's the thing about humans. They're good over long distances. Oh... Yes, they are, I guess. Huh. We have a lot less body mass to move around. Well, most of us do. Mm. She probably wishes she had thumbs. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, I guess they are pretty useful, right? Mm. Penelope, like, looks at, at her hands. Hmm. Well, speaking of useful, and Penelope starts putting some of the, the saddlebags on and uh, getting her bag ready. All right, so our destination is the last tooth. Mm -hmm. 
place I uh, confess I have not been. Um, we were just there and we can get back up there probably. But like the hard part, um, I don't know about, but we know where the monastery is. Oh, well then. I suppose that's a start. So let's start. If you're all ready to set out, let's. I've got everything I need. Please feel free to hop aboard, by the way. I can hardly tell a difference in weight, to be honest. Oh, well, thanks. Um, I'll be on Polly, though, and we'll, uh, we can mm. ride together. Gideon picks Sod up and puts him in the wagon. There you go. You take it easy. After Gideon puts Sot in the wagon, I think Cobb is going to... He's going to stop and think for a moment, and then he's going to get into because he kind of knows that Sot is going to walk alongside the wagon if Cobb is walking. Yeah. Cobb turns and gives Gideon a wink. Yeah, she she nods at that. Like, yeah, that's the correct course of action. Because <laughs> Sot just does whatever his captain does. Well, Tissa, Gideon, are you going to be joining us, or... Oh, would you like to get some, your morning constitutional in? Um, I was, well, okay. So once Tissa climbs in, Gideon does as well. And the whole ensemble leaves the old capital. By the bright light of morning, it's shortly after dawn, and everything is cool and crisp. And lit in that very peculiar white-yellow early morning light. And the monarch is just happily walking along beside Penelope and Pollyanna. You know, they eventually say. It does not take them long to say this, because I think as we establish, they do not like the quiet. Mm -hmm. They do not like being alone or in silence. Still not sure what to do when we get there. Or what we're going to say to my parent. Hmm. Hmm. It always seems like a kind of one-sided relationship with them if you're us. Maybe it's different for you. But I hear things from Hector. I don't know if I could say things back or not. I... When I was very little, some of the shapes I knew, I... New from my parents. Hmm. But I wouldn't say they talk to me. I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure. Mm. I should ask her about it. She'll know. But that will be when I get back. Mm. As I'm sure she is enjoying the quiet right now. <laughs> but either way, I suppose you can't be blamed for wanting to survive. Uh, I... I still think we can find another way. Something with, you know, inspiring their passions or something. We could do that, or somehow, then everybody's happy. Right? Mm. Well, if you can think of one, let us know. They are all different, after all. I guess we'd have to, yeah, talk to each one. And that's not possible. <laughs> hmm. Probably not. Hmm. Probably not. Hmm. There are probably... Are there? 
I wonder if there are more demons than there are magi. Because Hector can speak to all of us every day. Hmm. Hmm. But I don't know if Agrippina is anything like Hector. I mean, I guess they're louder in their own way. You can hear them even when you're only halfway up the mountain. And I suppose, if they're willing to listen, that might be something. Well, the most we can do is hopefully plead our case, and I guess from there we're just going to have to figure out what comes next. Mm. We might need to be checking in with our engineering friend uh, a little sooner than expected. Hmm. Agrippina might have some suggestions, too. I would hope so. Well, it seems like they would be the one who would know the most about... Yeah, I've always wondered why it was why it was mostly them who knew things about demon kind. All Augustine ever talks about is the weather. That's a good question, too. Well, maybe they just all have their favorites. With Agrippina, it's demons. With Augustine, it's weather systems... Hector, it's stories. Mm-hmm. And with Atosa, it's people. Were you around when the shackles were first created? No. No, no, I was not born yet. That was a long time ago. Oh. Hmm. So I don't know much about it, I'm afraid. Seems like it that's the way with with most individuals, being as it is something that happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. All our lives are changed by things that we haven't witnessed. Well, hopefully this time we can push it in a direction for the better. Quite right, Captain. Quite right. Quite right. Sorry, this mouth. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah, you're really good at that, like I said. Well, thank you. I have um, lived among humans for a long time. Very long time. For as long as I can remember. And it's true that I don't want anything to happen to them. Well, that makes two of us, at least. Mm. And Cobb kind of smiles at Sot as he says that. Sot kind of gives a timid little nod, but doesn't say anything. <sighs> Let's see. I mean, we could just put the shackles back on or request that. It would be... It would maintain the way things are. And demons are still a danger to people, but... One that can be navigated, mitigated, mm-hmm. castigated. Castigated? I was just thinking of words that end with gated. My apologies. Mm. I got distracted. And dated. <laughs> That's dated, not gated, but yes. Ah. Penelope kind of smiles. And the monarch nods, just gives a big toss of their broad horse face. 
So maybe returning to the status quo isn't perfect. It works, more or less. Hmm. Do you ever feel like everything happens all at once sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yes. It feels like everything has happened all at once. Mm. Well, that's um, what happens, I suppose. Things just move. And they're always moving, but once you start watching them, it seems as if they start to move faster. Hmm. Have you ever been at sea? No, believe it or not. Really? No, I um, am kind of a homebody, to be honest with you. I mostly stay in the old capital and on the veldt. Huh. It's the best. <laughs> oh. Cobb gets very excited for a moment and then realizes he probably shouldn't uh, go on about the sea forever and ever. And he just kind of sits up a little straighter and goes, out over the ocean, I fit. Hmm. Another big horse nod. Cobb, you should... When... If you feel like it, or when you have the time, you should sing one of the, the sea songs. Sea, sea shanties, that's the term you use. Right, right, right. Um, you, for our friend here. Always makes me feel better about the sea. I'm not, I'm not a huge sea fan, but the songs make it very nice. Um, but we don't have anything to haul on. Can you sing any of those if there isn't work to do? Well, I think I can... I think I can remember some of the more, and he looks at Sot, um, family-friendly ones. <laughs> yeah, Gideon starts laughing at this, <laughs> remembering her recent difficulties with the concept of family-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> because you did tell me that you would learn to sing, Captain Cobbler, and you must know that that's practically an invitation. Well, all right, I've... Cobb checks his stuff. I've still got plenty of water. Well, let's see what we can't dig up. And Cobb goes and gets his concertina, which he has certainly remembered to bring with him this time. Because mm -hmm. he always brings it if he goes yeah. camping. Yeah. No, instruments are essential for really long hikes. Yeah. Let's see. Cobb is then going to make... Well, he's going to make an adaptability performance role. He's not going to make a daring performance role. Maybe when Sod is a little older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is that is a very funny role. Uh, one success and four edge successes. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. One success is a success, and, and I mean, this isn't a difficult role, but four edge successes is too funny. What on earth would I do with five successes? And furthermore, what would I ask for those four? <laughs> is five successes enough to make the Shadow Monarch want to take a cruise? 
I think it is. And I also think that you're going to have another unexpected listener. The cons. You're going to have another unexpected listener. You know what? I'm going to take that. I think Cobb gets so into it. One, he almost switches into some of the um, other... (laughs) The board games. Yeah. Verse two. (laughs) He's like, oh, wait, no, that's... Verse three. I think there's, there's a little bit of that. And... He's just getting into it. Like, it's actually, I think it's been a little while since he's had a a large audience. Yeah. So, yeah, he's getting into it because we got, we have two new listeners now. We have Amber and the Shadow Monarch. We got to, we got to put on a good show. Aw. And as Cobb's getting into it, the audience gets more into it, like a feedback loop of just like awesome energy. Good times. Yeah. And the Monarch starts humming along as soon as kind of a predictable tune can be established, which with shanties is usually pretty soon. Seems to be having a genuinely very wonderful time. Until they stop short. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Did I did I miss a few too many notes there? Hello there. The monarch says to nothing. And can I get sensitivity rules, please? Tissa gets three successes on a sensitivity spirits roll. I think Penelope's going to do sensitivity survival. Maybe trying to listen for like rustling bushes or footfalls or something. Yeah. Cobb rolled a bunch of fours this time, I guess, to make up for all those ones. <laughs> so I think he's he's a little stunned from the sudden the sudden lurch in the song. Yeah, he was in the zone. Yeah, he was he was in flow state. He's having some transitory issues. Mm. All right. Penelope got one edge success. <laughs> And some twos. No clue. Hmm? No clue. No clue. No clue for Penelope. Tissa, there's a demon for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for surezies. And there is a figure that kind of... uh, I don't want to stay steps out from behind a tree because that's not exactly what happens. The figure that steps out from behind the tree is much broader than the tree itself. They kind of materialize behind it. They look, for the most part, human. They've got two legs, and that's something, and and two arms, and a torso. Everyone loves a good torso, that's for sure. Can't human without a torso. You can't human without a torso. They've got the head of just a big, shaggy gray wolf. Mm. Instead of what a human's face head would look like. And... Emerging from the back like a pair of enormous metal wings are great curved blades like the heads of axes. Probably about four feet across each of them. A dead giveaway as to why they couldn't hide behind this tree. And they watch in silence. And the monarch watches them kind of fidgeting a little bit. Hello, they finally say after uh, waiting for someone to break the silence and no one does. So they must Mm -hmm. because they can't take it. How are you? And at this, the figure seems annoyed. They bare their teeth briefly and their eyes are darting around. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Um, Perhaps I should begin with who are you? And this 
seems helpful because the demon says, I am. I am the Grand General of the Southern Peak. And this is my mountain. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Oh. This is, um, goodness, I'm, uh, it's a lovely mountain you have. <laughs> the monarch kind of like looks back and forth. It's like, how do I, what do I? <laughs> they don't seem frightened. Mm -hmm. Of course they don't seem frightened, but they do seem extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> Is there something you want? Are we trespassing? I, I don't know. Says the Grand General, and they um, kind of flick their ears. This is my, this is my mountain. Mm -hmm. I do not object to your passage here. Oh, thank you. I heard music mm. from here. We were singing. Oh. Oh yes, that that was me. Um. I'm sorry, were we bothering you? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you want to hear more? Per perhaps. Um, well, come closer then. I'm sure, Cobb, do you have another song for our new friend here? I have all of the songs. He does. Oh, good. Gideon claps her little hands. <laughs> Encore. Well, the audience is getting bigger. Um, where <laughs> were we? And Cobb is going to go back into uh, like a drinking song, a family-friendly drinking song, which is going to be a little awkward, but I think he can pull it off. He got five successes. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And as before, when the Shadow Monarch can kind of identify the tune, they start cheerfully humming along. And the Grand General of the Southern Peak kind of approaches a little bit closer and stops, stands about six feet from the wagon and watches and listens. And then the Shadow Monarch gives a toss of the head in a big old, come on, gesture. And starts to walk toward the mountain. Penelope hops back on Polly and starts to follow. And the Grand General of the Southern Peak also starts to follow, walking slightly behind the covered wagon, the sun glinting off their axe blades and their shaggy silver fur. Penelope keeps doing that thing where you try not to, like, stare at it, but looking out of the corner of her eye at the axe blade, because they're pretty, pretty awesome. Like, that's awesome, but also doesn't want to be, like, staring at a demon. <laughs> but she thinks they're pretty cool. <laughs> I guess we have a procession now. Yep, that's a procession, all right. And... Sot shuffles around to put Cobb between himself and the demon. 
Yeah, Cobb also moves a little bit to take up more of the back of the um, the covered wagon, so that way he is the obvious focal point. Do do you sing? Uh, no. Have you ever tried before? No, I haven't. Would you like to try? There's a song that Cobb taught me that's a pretty um, novice. Novice? Is that the term? T- tune? I'm sure he could teach you too. Uh. If you if you'd like, if you like music. Um, maybe, 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 I, where is my mountain? Um, well, it is here. It is here, but it is... I'm just noticing not here as well. Mm. Oh, that's right. So, do you protect this mountain? Is that... Yes. I, I have. I do. Oh. Well, thank you. Um, but, uh, all of the mountains spread out all over the... The whole center of the continent about a hundred years ago. Mm. Do you recognize that peak all the way over there? And to some points in the direction that they're going. That is not my mountain. That is someone else's. Mm. Yeah, that's where we're going. You don't have to come all of the way with us if you don't want to. Oh. Oh. But you can if you'd like. Um. If I may. Mm-hmm. Um. And the Shadow Monarch kind of pulls to a stop slowly this time. It, um. Is late enough in the day that perhaps we could stop for a meal? I think that's a good idea. Penelope immediately, at the mention of food, immediately hops off Polly and is like, go time, and starts rustling through her bags. <laughs> ah, I should have expected that reaction from you, Penelope. And I don't need to be called for a meal more than once. <laughs> ah, here's the stuff. And yeah, starts gathering together some things. Grand General, would you care to join us? Do you eat? I... I don't... Maybe. Perhaps. Okay. Ah, well. Then, let's. And the Shadow Monarch pulls the cart to a little stand of trees where everyone can relax in the shade. 
slowly just melts from a horse into the shape of Rye. Again, seems to be a comfortable human shape for them. Let's eat. Let's, um, let's eat. Yes. That sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, Penelope, go, go get some firewood. Let's make something uh, big and nice. Actually, uh, t- take Sot with you. Oh, wait, I want to do this one. We said I could do this one. Uh, oh, yes. Um, and Cobb flashes back for a moment to the stinky fire. Uh, I'll let you take care of that one, but, um, Mr. Sot, go, go help Tissa, would you? Uh, um, I can Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll help Tissa. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. We aren't gonna have to do a lot. Help me get some stones. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I can just put something in the middle. It'll be okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, now everyone, don't be so nervous. Shadow Monarch starts rummaging in the bags and crates and barrels in the back of the covered wagon. It's fine. There's nothing to be frightened of. How's, um, how's our water looking? Oh, plenty, plenty. Oh, good. Speaking of which, can I get you a drink, Captain? After all that singing, yes, that would be great. You sound lovely. Well, if I don't get something to drink here soon, that's going to, uh, dry up very quickly. Of course, of course. And they hold out a hand for your, uh, for your cup. Yeah, Cobb hands over his, his fan, well, not fancy, but he hands over his travel, travel mug. Yeah, and yeah, the the monarch kind of just fills it on up with some nice clean drinking water. And I think Tissa and Sot come back holding a stone that is probably bigger than it needs to be and sort of plops it. Are we? There's not probably a road, so we're probably, are we following a path? Are we cutting through something? Is, is it worn? Is we cutting through something? What do you think? We're, I think we're following a path. Okay. It's not a proper road, but it's kind of a little pilgrimage route, I think. Okay. Uh, Tissa finds some place clear enough that she doesn't have to prepare it too much. And then Kathleen has to ask Kat about the spell pieces real fast. So that Tissa can make a campfire. Which means I think that the spell pieces here are stony, sunlit, open, grave, and plain. You know what? Stony is perfect. It will be a stony heat. Okay. And I am attracted to it because it is overly literal this time. I do love it when it gets literal. It is going to be a big rock that is a hot plate, essentially, or a grill or what have you. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, it is hot enough that the monarch cheerfully sets to cooking, crouches by the fire with armfuls of ingredients. They did mention that they know how to cook. Although they were a little cagey, if I remember right, on exactly how much they do versus how much they have help with. Mm-hmm. And bit by bit, as the meal is cooking, the monarch glances over at the Grand General of the South Peak. Doesn't say anything, just continues cooking. They kind of 
position themselves also near to Sot. I think they sit on the other side of him from Cobb. Cobb gives the Shadow Monarch a, a quiet, like, thank you nod. Now, everyone, there's no need to be frightened. Is there, General? And the Grand General thinks about this and thinks long and hard about it. They roll their shoulders, which sends a movement down through those great big blades. They flatten their ears against their scalp. No. No, there is nothing to fear. They don't sound certain. But they haven't sounded certain about anything since you encountered them. So, so you've never tried food before? No. Well, you're in for a treat. But you don't need to eat. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, don't need to, but um, we have met demons who do eat. And, and everyone knows about the princess of the South Isles, who famously eats. Quite famously, yes. So it might be worth doing. Let's see. It's shaping up to be kind of a warm day, so maybe just like a some simple grilled meat. I've, um, I've packed some fresh ingredients, so we'd better eat those before they spoil. Mm. I couldn't help it. It does make a, a nice addition. You were nice enough to carry it. Well, I can carry it. Mm. So I should. And... The Grand General just watches all of this and eventually sits down, not too close, a good six feet from the hot stones Tissa's provided for the party. Kind of sits with their legs crossed. They're wearing stiff, ornate clothes from a bygone era. None of you recognize them. The monarch does. They don't say anything about it. They have... Now that you see them up close, several weapons, three or four assorted scabbards, some ornate embroidered belts holding them on. The very picture of an archaic warrior. What do I want? They say quietly to themselves. And they don't seem to have an answer for themselves either. Not even when presented with a plate of grilled meat and vegetables. And now I do believe it's memory time. So I love the appearance of the general, kind of like materializing from behind a tree. Like, mm. you know, in some of those like sci-fi movies where it's like, oh, they step in from another dimension and it's like a line that suddenly like, like, Expands out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that was that was a really cool entrance. And, aw, I, I, I feel kind of, I don't know, it's like the general is, is so lost and confused and it's like heartbreaking to, to watch. It's like, aw. But, I mean, it could also be a good thing because maybe they'll figure out who they truly are. And, yeah. Anyways, that's, <laughs> that's sort of a rambly memory thing, but... It's cool meeting the general. 
That's interesting um, and a much more positive spin, I guess, because my immediate reaction is like, oh, oh, this demon has dementia. Oh, dear. <gasps> oh. Oh. oh, no. <laughs> this demon is a little bit unstuck in time and like from the past and not sure where he is. Yeah. It's not great not having direction. Doesn't feel great. I am very curious if the general was a planned encounter or if you wanted to do something after I rolled four ones. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. (laughs) Looking for a good moment to connect the two? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did want you to to encounter a demon because uh, I felt like that was kind of what was missing from this last leg of season two Mm -hmm. was a demon. And... Yeah, the song just gave me kind of a really good excuse, and I realized that I wasn't super prepared yet. So, so yeah, a little column A, a little column B. Mm-hmm. Well, the monarch did say that they wanted a demon's opinions too, probably. Yeah, so they're probably going to try. My memory is that I really enjoy being the Shadow Monarch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Shadow Monarch rules. I just, I just like them. They're just fun. I mean, some people play an ancient, highly knowledgeable dragon and have them do authority things with them. But some people play an ancient dragon. I mean, not that ancient, but pretty ancient dragon. And just have them be a chatterbox. It's pretty okay. Yeah. They really love company. They really like people. And um, they would probably... I think they only really admitted it to Cobb, but the apocalypse genuinely really deeply impacted them. Yeah. They can't bear the quiet anymore. Oh. Oh, Shadow Monarch. I feel like Penelope and the Shadow Monarch would get along really well. I mean, they both love they food. Spend, like, spend a lot of time together, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've become buds. Yeah. They've become buds. I mean, they've even become buds a little with Cobb, and that's very special, I think. Yeah, I like their dynamic. Yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun having Daybreak and Penelope be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for playing with me this week, everybody. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Yeah, this week was a lot of fun. I've just realized I need to write an encounter that is just helping a demon through a mental crisis. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, I do. That's exactly what I need to do. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this. It's going to happen. So thank you, listener, for listening to us. We appreciate it. It's beautiful of you, and we think you're grand. If you would like to say hello to us, you can say hi to us on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs or on our website, SortOfSymphonies.com. There's a little email form you can fill out to tell me, Cat, hello. You can find us on our Discord, on the Heroic Discord, which is pinned in our Twitter. And while you are visiting our website, which we very much like that you've done, if you feel like you're in a place where you can kick us some support, we have links to a Kofi and a Patreon. And if you can't support us monetarily, that's okay. We're grateful to have you as a listener. 
helping to spread the word about the show or leaving a rating or review would be a big help. But what matters is that you're here with us. And thanks. Yeah, thanks, listeners. Let's see. Roar Heaven is still running. So if you want me doing everything that is opposite of sort of Symphony's vibe with um, violence and terror, then uh, listen to that. Violence and terror, party infighting. Lots of party infighting. Action, just action combat. Mm-hmm. It's wild. But if that sounds like it's up your alley, or if you're as obsessed with Symphogear as I am, then give it a shot. And once again, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our Our stories are our voices. voices.